I'm Jesse Lubinsky. I'm Donnie Piercy. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Heil, hosts of the Partial Credit Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, Season 4, Episode 6, called Gifts February Finds, and it's only the 7th day of February. In this episode, I'm all by myself and I'm going to be talking to you about creating Jamboard backgrounds, a website for great videos for kids, creating QR codes in Chrome, support for using Google Classroom, and finally posting to Instagram straight from your computer. Let's give it a go. Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, the podcast where we share EdTech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool, podcast, tip or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. You know, at first, the hokey pokey seems hard, but eventually, you turn yourself around. Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, or good evening, or good whatever time of day it is there. But it's morning here. It's Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. You might hear Super Bowl Sunday. I have no idea who's going to win, but by the time you hear this, you'll know. So if you could send present me a message from future you, that'd be amazing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here in my basement. You might hear some pounding um, around upstairs because, you know, my children. Um, it's just me this week. It's back to uh, no shooks, just GIF. I had a couple of uh, interviews lined up. Unfortunately, timing didn't work out. So we've pushed them to later dates and I thought, meh. I could wait and record then, but I had so many cool things that I found this week. So I thought I'd just get on and share some. So it might be a bit strange because like me talking to myself rather than showing and bantering and spitballing ideas with people, but we're going to see how it goes. Um, a full invitation, anyone out there who has stuff to share that wants to maybe come on, shooks and gif, even just for like a little, like I could do, just thinking about this until Kim gets back. I could do just like little like spurts with people like, oh, tell me one thing and we could share one thing. That That's cool too. Like I'm, I'm up for anything and I love chatting with new people. Okay, so I have started um, taking a page, I guess, from the book of Eric Kurtz. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you you know how much I love Eric and he's, he's a good friend and I think he does awesome stuff. But if you subscribe to his uh, newsletter and if you do not subscribe to his newsletter, you should absolutely subscribe because for this reason alone, I love it. Every month when he puts out his monthly part of his newsletter, he has uh, what's new in Google feature, an input and an output. So his output is here's what I've made this month and his input is here are cool things I've seen sort of like I do and and Kim does on Shooks and Gif here but I love that I can just click through it and I thought oh this is so great and he curates it all in one area and the librarian in me loves the curation and I feel like that's what I do best is, is curate and I thought I should really start doing something like this and I thought I'm gonna make a blog every month and put in and then just the idea of blogging and I, I love to blog but to do it that way didn't seem authentic so I decided to go to probably my most most favorite uh, curation tool we've talked about it here before is Wakelet if you don't know Wakelet you need to check out Wakelet um, and I've just started a collection called 
like the month, in this case it's 20 or February 2021, things I saw and loved. And I'm going to put it there so that when I go back and think, oh yeah, someone shared that with me, where did I see that? Hopefully this will make it a bit easier for me to find. And quite frankly, it'll be easy for me to do show notes. Not that it was before I usually use Google Keep, but... So I'm going to, I'm going to try this. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. I made one, I decided to do this right at the end. I think, I think it was actually the 31st of January when I got Eric's uh, email newsletter. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to start this right now. So I went back through my Twitter feed and I just looked at things that I'd shared out, like things that I tweeted and, and I, I curated them all and I'll put them in the show notes. There's a whole bunch of stuff there that I I really liked. So there you go. So I'm going to pick a couple that I have here. I have 16 on it so far and we're on the, what is this, the seventh? Oh my gosh, it's going to be like a, this crazy huge collection, but that's okay. I love learning and I love sharing and I'll share it out at the end of the month. So if you're on Wakelet, you can follow me there. Um, if you're not on Wakelet, seriously, get on Wakelet and check it out. There's a lot of cool things. They're making templates right now. And I just, I love it. One of the big ways that I used it, and I think I've, I've spoken on the show about it before, is I have a, um, a list called save for later, like learn later, read later. So that if I'm ever somewhere like waiting in line um, at a grocery store, the only place that I'm really allowed to go these days, it seems, or like in bed with my tablet, if I bring my tablet up, most nights I don't, but I don't feel like sort of like reading fiction or a book or something like that. I jump into those and I read articles that I found through the day and that's really helpful. And then after a while, if I'm like, yeah, I haven't gone back to this, that tells me that it wasn't really in a place to learn it at that point. So you can either erase it or just keep it there for whatever. Okay, here's here here are a couple of things from my wakelet though. Let's let's get on here. My first is from friend of the show Jake Miller. Hi Jake. Um it uh it's the size of a custom background in Jamboard. So as you may realize, um we're all in love with Jamboard now. Like Jamboard is the, the jam. Can I say it's the jam? Uh, I learned about Jamboard poof, probably three or four years ago when they came out with the actual boards. I played on a board and I remember thinking like, when are we ever going to use this? This is one of those cases that future me should go back to past me and give me a shake and be like, it's coming. Um, but for me, it was the the actual Jamboard. I think it's it's expensive, right? And we don't really have budgets for that necessarily in our schools. But now Jamboard is like, it's what we're using constantly if we're teaching in a virtual environment, right? It's great for collaboration. It's great for teaching. I actually, um, one of my sons, Bennett, and I were sitting in my office, which is like this like hobbit hole in the basement that I've been, I've been sort of relegated to. And I was helping him with some math and he was sitting there with paper and I was like, you know what? I think there's a better way to do this. Now, my setup is that I'm attached to a 4K TV. Um, it's just like massive 43 inch on a massive, but for a computer monitor, it's massive. And I grabbed my iPad and I gave him his iPad. I started a Jamboard on my computer um, on his account because I have it in there. And I said, okay, let's both log in. And we used it as though it were an actual whiteboard in the office, but to teach him how to calculate sales tax. And it was really cool. Anyway, I digress. One of the things that Jake shared uh, in his EduGifts this week was what size you need your Jamboard backgrounds to be because you can now make, well, not now, it's a few weeks, maybe a month old, but you can make custom backgrounds, which is awesome. It used to just be like the bullet journal dots and lines and different colors, but now you can put an actual like image in the background. Why do I love this? Because so often you, you know, go in and students would move things around and it would get messy and you're like, no, I just want them to put ideas in. So you might do a four corners activity and just have four corners. Um, there's a whole bunch of things you can do. Uh, 
Esther Park, um, who is a great follow at Mrs. Park Shines. Uh, she has a whole bunch that she's created. There's people putting them out all over, but I'm like, oh, I want to create one. And I, I tried to create one and I did. Well, I tried. I, I was successful. I went into Google uh, Slides, created just an image and then downloaded it. And I just used the typical like 10 by 9 or whatever, 16 by 9 rather, um, basic setup for a, a Google slide, but it didn't quite fit right. Like it, it sort of skewed it. And I thought, oh, I wonder what the, what the actual dimensions are. So Jake Miller to the rescue. Should you want to make your own, you need to go into Google slides, hit that file button, go down to um, set up the page setup so you can change your, your setup. And if you don't know that you can do this, this is awesome. It's how I create. If I ever want to create like a poster that I want to actually print out, this is what I do so I can get it eight and a half by 11. And on the drop down where you, you can see it's like the four, four by three or the 16 by nine or 16 by 10, you can also choose custom. You're going to choose custom and you are going to do 1,920 by 1,080 pixels. Okay, not inches, that'd be massive, um, but pixels. Although arguably maybe the pixels would be more. I don't really know a whole bunch about pixels, but anyway, that's how big you want it to be. And then when you you know create your background and you download that as a JPEG and upload it into your Jamboard, it's the correct size. So that was a really long way of telling all of you how to get a Jamboard in the correct size. I could have just said, hey, do you want to do a Jamboard? 19 by 20 by 1080, go. But no, I don't do anything um, that doesn't take us meandering down, you know, the, the country road. All right, that's the first thing that I want to tell you. The other thing is I, this week, attended the Ontario Library Association Super Conference. Michelle Arbuckle, who I doubt listens to the show, but did a fantastic job. She was in charge and she ran it. It was really cool. Um, you know, we all miss seeing people live, but she, they used um, a harvest, it's called Harvester, this app. Uh, everyone who was presenting actually had to record ahead of time, which I didn't love at the time, but then when it came to the presentation, it was cool. So everyone went in when you were ready. Uh, they released a the, the video that was created about five minutes before the set time. And then whoever came into the room could start the video at their own time and watch it. The cool thing was you you didn't miss the beginning and if you were a little bit late or got tied up with you know whatever other responsibilities you had let's say you were teaching during the day and you were just popping in at lunch hours you could watch everything is recorded and we can watch after the fact but so then what would happen is if if they were available the presenters would be sitting in the discussion area and there was a discussion area and a q a um sort of like like a lot of the platforms use the one thing i didn't like about it was people would say like oh that was really cool and and as the presenter you're like what what part what part are you looking at so you had to learn to be really clear uh but it was a really really fun conference we had a great time and i attended one session by my friends melanie mulcaster at the mulk she has the best <laughs> twitter handle and tina zita uh, both of them work in the peel district school board for those of you who are here in ontario and know what that means and they shared a site called The Kids Should See This. The Kids Should See This. Again, will be in the show notes. It's at thekidsshouldseethis.com. And in in short, it's a it's a website where videos have been created. There's sort of collection of, they say, over 4,500 kid-friendly videos curated for teachers and parents who want to share smarter, more meaningful media in the classroom and at home. Selections are grown-up friendly too, and it's free for everyone, which, you know, that's our favorite four-letter F word, isn't it? Free. 
But going through this, you have a whole bunch of categories. There's science, there's text, there's space, there's animals. And we might have uh, websites that we go to for this, right? Like Wonderopolis is one that I think of immediately. We might also have um, certain YouTube channels that we follow. But for this, I liked that it was it might pique uh, curiosity in a different way. So I think of my son Tanner, who we actually call Curiosity, because we call him T or TT all the time. And he is one of the most curious kids I've ever met. And it's like constant peppering of questions, which I should love, but sometimes stress me crazy. <laughs> but I think of these would be fantastic for him. And I've explored a few. They seem fairly short, great for classroom, great for inquiry. Um, the age group sort of ranges. I found it to be sort of middle school-ish grades, the ones that I watched, but certainly could be adapted depending on the, the, the depth of inquiry question that you're asking for any grade. Um, you know, I'm teaching grade 11 and 12 right now solely, and I think a lot of these would be great for just like a quick, like, let's provoke some thought and then dive deeper into other resources or whatnot. If you're building multimedia tech sets, which actually is what their session was all about. It was uh, building interactive choice grids. And so, yeah, it's called the kids should see this videos. You can all use a good video might just uh, lead you to a different um, YouTube channel that you like. There are, there are also, I love this. There are um, collections. So one of the collections is, activities. One is drawing. So I think of my son, William, who loves to draw, like just said he wants to do some, you know, activities. It's really cold right now in Canada. Well, at least in my, my area of Canada, it was like minus 17 degrees Celsius with the wind yesterday. We did not go outside. Um, so he might sit and watch some of those. There's stuff on Lego here, stop motion, plastic. Oh my gosh. Rube Goldberg machines, time-lapse women in STEM. Uh, what else? Coronavirus stuff. Babies. Oh, this one looks so cute. Those are little baby meerkats. I love meerkats. Anyway, lots of uh, lots of really cool stuff to explore. I know that right now my my kids are learning at home and at lunchtime they sort of want to just like chill out and watch some TV. And so we always say it has to be educational. So I'm wondering if this is a site that I might you know point them to so they can watch it on our big TV while they eat. The kids should see this. Check it out. Okay. Number three, number three. Yeah. Little, this is an itty bitty shooky giffy. And I'm going to give credit to uh, a student of mine named Maria. Maria is, uh, I call her one of my crew. She comes to the library all the time. She's in grade 10 now and she actually listens to Shooks and Gifts. So she might be listening to this episode. Hi Maria. Um, and she loves, she's a very, um, she's also a really curious young lady. She'd get along well with my Tanner. Um, she's very curious, loves to learn. She has this like voracious appetite for learning. And, and she started to learn a lot about technology after listening to Shooks and Gif. And she's always looking for little things to sort of improve her workflow. And then she, she sends them to me. And I think she hopes that I won't have heard them. And, and this one I didn't. So I was like, oh, what are you talking about? And I didn't have it when she sent it. I'm like, I don't see this, but now I do. In Chrome, They've, in the newest update, you may have seen it, there is now a, um, the opportunity to make a QR code for a web page. So if you're on a web page and you click up in the URL bar, you'll notice that it has two little symbols. 
Uh, there's one that looks like a, a computer and a, a cell phone and says, send this page. So you can probably like send it off to your mobile. But beside that, there's a little QR code sort of icon. It says, create a QR code for this page. You can also do it by right clicking apparently. Yes, there it is. It's here now. Oh my gosh, I hadn't tried it yet. I'd only seen it on the URL bar. Uh, and if you right click on any page, you will see the send the devices there as well and create a QR code for this page. So if you were trying to do like really quick activities around your room or around your learning space or in, you know, wherever you wanted to, and you're like, oh, I wanna send people here. You don't need to go and get a QR code creator anymore. It is built right into Chrome. And Kim and I have talked about QR codes before and how we love them. I just think they're, they're, there's a lot of um, ability to use them for that quick reference, right? Like they're, they're quick readers, so quick makes sense. But it's built right into Chrome now. Um, I forget which version I'm in of Chrome. I could probably look. Um, where do we find that again? Go to the Timbits, head on up to settings, and it's somewhere in here. I don't remember. I'd have to go. And you know what? It's not fun listening to someone try to find something on their computer during a podcast, so I just won't do it. Anyway, it's the most recent update of Chrome. Create your own QR code automatically, or not create your own. They create it for you. Pretty awesome stuff. Okie dokie. What else do I want to share? Oh, I have, I'm going to say two more, two more. We'll make it a short episode. I think I have no idea how long I've been talking because I'm just talking to myself. (laughs) Um, This is fun. It's sort of like when I teach, when I like look and it's all the profile pictures of my students and they just sit there and I'm slowly, we just started a semester, so I'm slowly teasing them out that they can that they'll talk, but holy man, this is ever hard, right, folks? It's hard staring at those. I, I joke that with my grade 11s, I said, so in the fall when, when school hopefully is open again and things are sort of back to normal and you come and visit me in the library, can you please make sure you bring your profile picture and like hold it up so I know who you are when you come in and say hello, <laughs> which they laugh about. Although I'm pleasantly surprised at how quickly I recognize students' voices. So the ones who will unmute and say something or when I call on them and um, ask them a question if they have the courage to unmute. It is a, it's a funny thing, right? It's a, this sort of growth thing with, especially with middle schoolers and teenagers that uh, they're going to be teased and do I want to talk? And I asked some students who at the beginning of the semester would have their camera on and then switch to no camera. And they said, no one else has it on. And I just, I feel silly, which makes me sad, but anyway. All right. So my last two, first of all, Google has released this awesome Google slide um, deck called the uh, Google Classroom Video Series. I'm going to put this in the show notes. It is a three slide deck that solves key teaching and learning challenges with Google Classroom. So what do we mean by that? They have it. um, First of all, it's multilingual. So they have it in English, Portuguese, uh, Spanish, Italian. um, It looks like Chinese, simplified Chinese. Uh, Korean, Indonesian, and Dutch, if I'm not mistaken. I think those are, they're, they're actually written in the language, even the name of the language. So I don't, I don't read them all, but those are my best guesses. And under each one, or for each language, they have two, four, six, seven different categories, at least for the English. It doesn't seem to be as robust. It looks like they have three or four for the other languages. But they answer questions around assessment, communication, creativity and innovation, differentiation, family and community engagement, hybrid learning, and planning and prep. So a question, for example, is um, how can I create collaborative work for students? And when you click on the link, 
there, it will take you to a YouTube video explaining that. And each of these links into, it looks like all different videos on YouTube to explore. Why do I love this? Because so often those of us who are engaged in the work of education technology are the ones that people are coming to right now, right? They know that we know things like, okay, can you quickly tell me where to find things? And I, I shared this with my staff. I think it's a really great way to um, have those quick resources directly from Google to support our work in Google Classroom, especially for those of us who are virtual or hybrid, who might just be learning, might be willing now at this point, you know, we've been virtual, we're coming up on a year now, depending on, on your model, um, really starting to take some risks and, and knowing the basics and feeling comfortable to, to learn something new and, and dive a little bit deeper into that practice. So it's the Google Classroom video series put out by Google. Um, I will put the link in the show notes, but it's g.co forward slash edu forward slash classroom videos. Uh, and they're, they're really, it's Google, excuse me, it's Google. They're, they're well done and, and great. Okay. My last share is an Instagram share. I love myself the Instagrams and I am doing a whole campaign on my library learning commons Instagram site for black history month. We are profiling a variety of, um, black Canadians. Uh, some of them are living and some of them are past. And I actually, little sidebar, um, it, uh, everything that I'm looking at comes from this wonderful, wonderful resource called the Periodic Table of Canadian Black History. And there's just links to different, it looks like the Periodic Table of Elements and each element is a, a different black uh, Canadian. It's so cool. And I've decided that I'm going to, or I, I decided that I'm going to um, have students do a profile on a different black Canadian, someone that they wouldn't normally know, right? Like when we think of Black History Month, we all know the rhetoric, right? It's okay, let's talk about Martin Luther King um, here. Let's talk about Viola Davis here in Canada. Unless we have sort of the ones, you know, let's talk about Rosa Parks. We have the the figures that we go to constantly for good reason, but I, there's not only four people in, in black history and that who should be profiled in black history month and particularly in Canada because of our influence with the U S media, it tends to be American figures. So I love this and I decided, okay, I'm going to create a slide deck. I'm going to have each student come in and create a slide. They all are going to look the same. So they'll find a photo of um, the figure, put it in black and white. I have a little overlay that says, you know, black history month. And then they'll write up a summary of the website that's linked in that periodic table. They'll read it, write a little summary that would go well onto Instagram, share them with our community so that we're raising awareness about other black Canadians. Awesome. Now I created them in Google slides and my students are going to create them in Google slides, which on my computer. And there's a lot of steps to like download it and then send it to my phone and then upload on my phone and then copy it from my computer, their, their text that they wrote. And I'm like, there's gotta be a way to post to Instagram from your computer. Now, some of you might be like, Giffen, you already shared this way back when you told us about uh, Instagram downloader. It's a Chrome extension. I'm pretty sure I shared it here. And yeah, I, I totally did. But then I got a message maybe a month ago saying, this looks like it has malware. We are removing it. I said, oh, okay, well, I don't want malware on my computer. So off it went. And I thought there's got to be another way. And when I started looking for other Chrome extensions, there wasn't anything that really worked. So instead, I found this really great workaround, um, again, in Chrome. You're going to go to Instagram. When you go to Instagram, you are then going to open up um, the, hold on, I'm going to, I'm going to actually, open, I, I don't, I don't actually know what the thing is called. It's like the developer side of things it's called. Hold on. You are going to open up the uh, developer tools. 
So if you go to your three little dots and you scroll down to more tools and you click developer tools, click boom, it opens up all of a sudden on the right hand side of your screen, all this HTML coding, all this, it, it basically looks like the HTML code of the back end of this site. Now I, I could totally be wrong. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I think that, I think this is how students, by the way, this can happen, can get answers on a Google quiz, on a Google Forms quiz, because it actually, if you know how to read HTML, you can find it in there. That's a story for another show, but you might want to look at that. If you find you have kids who are always doing really, really well, and you're like, I don't think they could do this well without some help, it might be that. Anyway, I come in here, and along the very top of, of the side that popped open, there's a little icon that uh, looks like, again, a tablet and a, a phone, and it says Toggle Device Toolbar, and that allows you to flip between what things will look like on your computer, and then when you click this button, it boom, it it sort of makes it teeny like a phone. If you've ever used Google Sites and done the preview of what will this look like on a computer versus a tablet versus a, a, a mobile device like a, a phone, it goes to that sort of phone view and you click that and then you need to refresh. And once you refresh, that plus button that you see at the bottom of Instagram all of a sudden appears on your computer screen and you can use Instagram on your computer exactly how you would use it on your phone. So for me, I downloaded all those photos. Fantastic. I just can upload them one at a time, copy and paste from my Google Slides in a separate, uh, that's open in a separate window, and I'm off to the races. So it might sound a bit convoluted, but it's actually pretty easy. There's uh, keyboard shortcuts, and if you know me, you know I love my keyboard shortcuts. So on a Mac to open um, those, the tools themselves, like to go in and open the developer tools, it's option command. I am sure there's something on a PC as well. I learned the keyboard shortcuts cause they're actually listed right beside developer tools in Chrome when you navigate there the first time. And then to toggle between the phone look and the computer look, it's, um, it's control, no, sorry, command shift M and off you go. But I actually just pushed the button for that one. Anyway, that's it. That's how I can post from my computer to Instagram. It's really great if you're um, using a school site and you've developed content, be it like in Canva, or maybe you created something that you've saved locally from um, Adobe Spark Video or Adobe Spark Post. Um, in my case, just even a Google Slide. There's tons of stuff that we can do, but it saves you having to send to another uh, device. You can do it all right from your computer. And I love things that save me those nanoseconds. And at that, I think that's it. I think that's all I'm going to share. Uh, I will be back in a couple of weeks. And at the end of the month, you can check out my What I Learned in February. If you sort of like Shooks and Gif and want more of this, if you crave those little, you know, tech tips and little tools that I, I find, then you're more than welcome to. And I'll put the link to the January one. But in the meantime, everyone, I, uh, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're safe. I hope you uh, have an opportunity to safely be in your schools and see some students because that's so filling of our, of our buckets. And uh, if you see something, feel free to share it with me. And if you do see that something and you have an aha with it, you know what to do. Give it a go. We'll see you next time. That's it for this week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at shooksandgif.com. That's S-H-U-K-E-S-A-N-D-G-I-F-F dot com. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. On our website, on the embedded Flipgrid. Or by tweeting at us, sending us an email. Or talking to us in real life. 
I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, give it a go. Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca.